0: What would our world be without leaders, innovators, and kingdom builders? Welcome to Under the Crown, where you get inside the twisted minds of our host, Trey Carmichael, and the kings and queens in his circle, covering leadership, marketing, sales, recruiting, management, and so much more. Under the Crown is here to help you build your kingdom. Are you prepared for the siege?
1: What's going on, guys? It's your man here, Trey Carmichael, coming at you with another episode of Under the Crown. Today, I'm excited to bring you guys Taylor Proctor. How are you doing today, Taylor?
0: Oh, I'm so good, Trey, and thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor and a delight to be here.
1: Of course, if you could introduce yourself in your own words, how would you describe who you are and what you do?
0: Yeah, so hi, I'm Taylor Proctor, and I describe myself as an intuitive business strategist and confidence coach. And what that is, is that I help individuals really step into What I call the I move method and I move stands for intuition, marketing operations, velocity and execution. So I help business owners really understand that their intuition is the very first part that helps set the stage and cause a congruent alignment for yourself in your marketing, your operations to really help you gain that momentum and velocity to be able to execute at higher levels and experience the peace, the abundance and the thriving lifestyle that we all desire. Um, And I would describe myself as very outgoing uh, and very intuitive in my own way to be able to help and support other people. And I just absolutely love what I do. I love being able to help people understand and connect into their highest version of themselves and make it happen with quantum leaps in their life and in their business.
1: I love that. And you can definitely, hear the energy coming through when you talk about what you do it's very it's very clear that you're passionate about it thank you absolutely so let's talk about the king's journey who or the queen's journey who were you before who were you before you got into this space and became who you are today
0: oh (laughs) well I would say that uh take the angriest person you've ever met. And then imagine about 10 times worse than that. And that's who I was. I was a really unhappy, bitter, angry, and resentful individual. And in fact, my husband had a phrase, hell hath no fury as Taylor mildly inconvenienced. (laughs) And it was, it was rough. I was not a happy person. I was not joyful. I was not fun to be around. And frankly, I used my anger as a shield, as a form of protection from feeling weak or vulnerable. And I really felt and believed I had to do everything on my own to prove to myself and that I could trust nobody. And so I really was just this, quite frankly, a terrible person and not fun to be around. And my husband even said, he had known me when I was younger and had said something along the lines of, where did you go? You used to be so happy, and he had mentioned that a couple of times to me. And as angry as I was, and a lot of the times he would say that, and I'd be like, "I didn't go anywhere. It's your fault, right?" I'd be all bitter and angry and nasty about it, but uh, I could see the writing on the wall. And he never said it, but I was going, "All right, here's this person who has decided to be with me." And they're wondering why I'm so mad and so angry and hurtful and hateful all the time. He's not going to stay if I stay on this path. And I wanted to change for me too. I was miserable. And so I started getting into personal development and self-help, started reading a lot of books and a lot of things like that, that I started to apply what I was learning and give it the Give it the testing that it deserved, right? Instead of being like, do trying it once and it didn't work and being angry about it, I was like, no, like I'm gonna test this. I'm gonna give it an actual opportunity to work in my life. And I slowly started to shift and evolve from this angry and mean and pretty insecure person into who I am today, which I very rarely have an angry day and they happen every once in a while, but I, that's usually an indicator to me that I'm out of alignment on something more than it's who I am, right? It's an indicator for me, but that happens so infrequently. And I just, I love my life. I love the relationships that I have. I love my husband who has stuck with me through it all. And I just, I was really just not a happy person before. And I, I had this belief that Happiness was innate. And so I believed that when I saw other people that were happy, and here I am in this anger and this bitterness, that if it's innate, then I must be broken. And that really didn't help my mindset at all. And as I started diving into personal development, I realized that happiness is a learned skill and it's a habit that I could build daily. And through that, Over the years of doing that, I've become who I am today and been able to apply those habits and the the things that I learned into a coaching certification. So I am a certified life coach. And then blending that with my corporate career at the time, I, I was in marketing operations and leadership roles for about 15 years. And throughout all of that, as I leveled up, my career leveled up, my opportunities leveled up, And recently I just shifted over to working in my business full time and all of that has continued to level up being the person I am now versus who I was before.
1: Mm, I love that. So one of the things that I do want to lean a little bit farther into is you said that you were a very unhappy person and that you had to find the habits and the different things that brought you joy. What did that process look like? What are some of the things that you tried, what stuck, stuff like that? I know a lot of people that are still stuck in that rut.
0: Yeah. I uh, love this question and happy to answer it. So, I would say the very first thing that I did is I gave myself and others grace. Because what I found was I would be angry about I'd be angry about the stupidity of the people around me. <laughs> which really was like, I didn't have an open mind that there were different ways to do things. I didn't have an open mind that people have different perspectives and different expectations and and different worlds that they live in, right? We all live in our own world. And I didn't have the open-mindedness to see that that's an opportunity for me to learn and to grow and to choose what I want to accept or not accept. And instead, I just thought everybody around me was stupid. And that made me irritated and mad. And I just was in this ball of my own aggression, if you will. And so one of the very first things that I was able to do that really helped was to offer grace to other people and to myself. And a good example of that was imagine, so I'm angry. Now imagine that with road rage. So driving, I would be so irritated. If somebody cut me off, I would take it personally and be like, you know, that jerk, they cut me off. They didn't use their signal. What a-holes, like all these things. And it really was like, it didn't, it didn't matter, but I was letting it affect my whole day. Like somebody cutting me off in traffic would be something I would tell somebody at the lunchroom in the lunchroom at work three hours later. I'd be so irritated about it. It's like, it's really not that big of a deal. Like you're fine. They're fine. Doesn't matter. You got to where you need to be on time. But I just took everything personally. And so what I started to do was make up stories about these people. So if somebody cut me off, I would be like, oh wow, he must be really in a rush. Maybe his wife is having a baby and he's rushing to the hospital. He's not thinking about me. He's not thinking about a signal. He's thinking about how fast he can get there to be with his family or, oh, maybe that person did this because they haven't had a job in a couple of months and they're running late for an interview. That's their dream job now I'm my brain is starting to give them grace instead of taking it personally and then what I realized is is that I started to give myself grace too obviously I know my story but it would be it would be like that I'm like my intent wasn't to do x y and z my intent was to be this other way and now I can choose to be that other way and so I started to give myself a lot of grace in my behaviors and that I'm learning and growing and and evolving constantly instead of expecting that I always had to be perfect and shaming and beating myself up if I wasn't. And then the same thing for those other people, I started to invent those stories. If I couldn't ask them myself. And if I did meet with somebody that kind of ticked me off, then I would, I would step back and be like, okay, but really like, what's their perspective of this? What is their intent? What are like, nobody is out to get you. Nobody's probably even thinking about you. So at this point, like, where are they coming from? And just opening up my mind to the possibilities that there's other perspectives out there and giving grace to them and grace to myself as I learned and grew through that was a huge piece of being able to start to be happier because nothing had to be demanded and perfect. And instead, it allowed me to open up the ability for relationships with other people and with who I really wanted to be versus. I was trying who I was really keeping myself stuck as so I mean that's just one example um I also did a lot of emotional clearing identifying emotions as humans we like to say we have like five core emotions and really there's so much more than that and anger was my main one and as I boiled down and lifted up I'm going to call it the blanket as I lifted up the blanket of anger I realized there was a lot of sadness there was a lot of shame there was a lot of fear all of those things that were sparking my anger. And so when I could examine and identify and explore and release those emotions, the anger also started to go away.
1: Mm. That's powerful. And grace is one of the most powerful tools that I've picked up along the way myself as well. I used to be extremely hard on myself and do the same things. When I would get cut off, I just... I'd get mad. I'd make assumptions. So that's actually, it's something I'm still trying to deal with. So I'm very grateful that you were able to share that answer with us today.
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always a work in progress. Like I find it pops up in other ways. So if I'm working with um, team members in my own business, if something happens and I'm like, I find myself feeling, mm, right, a little irritated by it, because again, it's anger is not a it's not a thriving emotion in my life like it was before. But uh, when I get that little irritated and that little like, okay, I know again, it's, it's an indicator. All right. Like what am I, what assumptions am I making about this person or what am I assuming are the facts here that may not be true? And just taking that, that beat to ask those questions usually helps out so much, but same, right. Same as you, it's, it's a work in progress. And Not every situation is going to be handled perfectly, but there's always an opportunity to to go back and to reflect and to understand and to set ourselves up better for the future.
1: Hmm. I love that. So what are some of the ways that you actually went about building your confidence up to be as outgoing as you are now?
0: Yeah, I love this question. So ah, building up my confidence, Well, I should be clear, I've always been relatively outgoing, but there was a, a false confidence before, right? And it was powered by that anger. And it really was like, you're not going to back me into a corner. I'm in control. And it it wasn't real confidence. And how things have shifted for me is some of the things that I've been able to do. And as basic as it sounds, just like adding and giving grace to other people Easier said than done, but a big component of it was trust. And there's trust twofold trust in myself and trust that things are going to work out. So I believe in a higher power and I believe in that higher power now. I really didn't before. And so that was another reason why it was like I have to do everything on my own and prove myself and all of these pieces. But a core component of being more confident was. Realizing that I've gotten through hundred percent of the days that I've lived, realizing that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the decisions that we make every day are not life or death decisions, and that I know and I'll also say kind of knowing knowing my purpose, so I feel like my purpose is to learn and grow and make an impact, and so Everything is seen through the lens of those three things. And so with those lenses of those three things, if I'm here to learn and grow, then I can trust that things are going to work out and then I'll be able to handle anything. Because even if something comes to my way that I haven't, I haven't been approached by in the past, I don't have an experience with before, I know that I can survive that. And also if I don't, if it is that like minuscule thing decision or that minuscule situation or experience that I will die from. So then I die, (laughs) right? Like there's that shift in my brain of being like, I can trust myself to handle any situation. And even if I handle it poorly, have I learned, have I grown? Have I had an experience that I can shift and move from and pivot differently in the future? Absolutely. And I'm still here and I'm still alive. So I can keep on going. And if it is that minuscule opportunity where I do die, then there's nothing I could have done differently anyways. And like looking at it through that lens of knowing my values and my, my purpose, but then also knowing that I've survived hundred percent of the days that I've lived has really expanded my opportunity to step into and explore who I am in any circumstance because I'm going to just do the best that I can. And that level of trust in myself has been huge. Additionally, as I mentioned, I, I believe in a higher power That has been a relationship that I've had to build up as I've built my relationship with myself, but trusting and knowing that I'm here for a reason and trusting and knowing that the universe has my back. Like I'm a good person. I, I do the best that I can. I move forward in my life with the best of intent and kindness and generosity and all of these things. And I do well. And I've realized that when I trust that the universe or my higher power Is able to support me. And when I ask for things and they drop in my lap, it's really a testament to everything is working in my favor. And if I believe that everything is working in my favor, and I believe that I am here to learn and grow, and I believe that I can handle every situation thrown at me, the confidence comes naturally. And I mean, those beliefs, all three of them are works in progress and continue to evolve and shift, but it really takes the pressure off to be perfect. It takes the pressure off of the, insecurities and all these things, because really the best you can do is show up as who you are and do the best that you can and learn and grow from that experience. And that mindset just exudes confidence in the end, because regardless, the situation is happening. So you might as well show up as your true self, be there to do what you feel you're meant to do, do it with the best of intent and let things happen how they happen. But when you do it that way, they usually happen to your better benefit and the highest good.
1: Mm. So all of these beliefs and that buildup of confidence has allowed you to do a lot of incredible things. And I know you already mentioned that you have a team that helps a lot of these incredible things happen. How did you overcome that do-it-yourself mentality that you had as you started building that team?
0: Yeah. So I really dove into where I shine. Um, Instead of focusing on Trying to grow weaknesses, I leaned in heavily on strengths. And I think we all hear this, but it's like, okay, cool. How do I put that into action? For me, I have discovered that I am an excellent initiator. I can initiate so much in my own business and for helping other people, and really excellent at having these ideas and seeing here's the process of how we could do this. And I can definitely execute. But I find that if I am stuck in an executionary role um, for long periods of time, I am not as effective. I'm not as aligned. I'm not as intuitively divinely connected. And so really finding where my strengths lie and leaning into those has helped significantly because it has taken me out of the do it all myself and really allowed me to go, what do I enjoy and what am I good at? And then let's fill in the gaps with people who are good at the things that I don't want to do that I may need to do. And a a prime example of this is in a a non-business, but in a real world situation is cleaning. So my husband is a neat freak and I am a tidier, meaning that I like things clean, but if they're organized, I feel fine. So like, I'm not the type of person who will wipe off the kitchen counter every time I use it, but I will make sure there's nothing on the counter. So I'm not leaving things out, like everything's put away, it's tidied, it's organized, and then he's the type that will come in and wipe it down. Well, when we were both working full time and leaving the house and coming back and all these things, we found that one of our frustration points was cleaning. Because to me, I'm going, look, the house is clean. All we have to do is wipe down a countertop and we're good. Like everything's put away. It's neat. It's organized. I know where to find all the things that we may need. We're in good shape. And he's like, no, It. have you seen the baseboards? Have you seen the windowsills? Like all these things that I'm going, that's not important to me. Like it's clean enough. And if we clean it like every couple of weeks and wipe it down, it'll be fine. And he would get so frustrated and overwhelmed and feel like it had to be this exact way. And I'm sitting there going, now I'm frustrated and overwhelmed because I feel as though, and this is another challenge point. I felt like, okay, well, I'm not a good wife because I have, I'm not keeping the house clean to his level of cleanliness, although I believe it's clean. And so we had a lot of contention around this. And for me, there was also a lot of self-doubt. Like, I don't know, nobody really, like, I love my mom to death, but it's not like she taught me how to clean baseboards. Like, okay, I can Google that, but does that really, how I want to spend my time? Am I excited about cleaning baseboards? Absolutely not. Do we, either of us have the time to do this at the level of detail that he wants and the level of organization and tidiness that I want? Neither one of us really did. And so it just caused all these problems until we had finally said, is this how we want to be spending our time, our effort, our energy, and have this be part of our relationship? And it isn't. So we hired cleaners, problem solved. (laughs) And they come every other week. And so it's not like the house is immaculate all the time, but it's just us, my husband and I and our dog. And so they come every other week. And that's the perfect time, right? When it starts to feel a little bit like grungy, like they come in, they clean it all up and it's fresh and spick and span. And my husband's very pleased because it's the cleanliness he wants. I'm pleased because it's clean and I didn't have to worry about it. He doesn't have to worry about it. And it's more than worth the money that we pay to have that energy freed up to allow us to be our best selves. And it's that same thing in business and in anything in life. Granted, there are some things you may have to do that you can't avoid. But once you reach that point, where, are like, look, this is something that I'd like to hand off to someone I trust later. And you can put that in that spot in your mind, that pin on it in the pin board. Now, those opportunities will come for people to come and help you in those areas, we weren't looking for house cleaners until we were like, you know what, this isn't working anymore. We need to find another solution. And then we had neighbors and friends and family that were like, oh yeah, I just, I just hired these house cleaners. They're great. You guys should check them out. And it was like, okay, how did you know that we were needing a solution? So that comes back to that trust in the universe stuff starts to come in the second that you're able to identify what you need. And that's been a huge component in business and in life to say, I know who I am. I love what I'm good at. I'm excited and passionate and happy about what I am good at. And the things that don't excite me, the things that I don't want to do, I'm going to put a pin in those of, hey, I'm fine to do this now, but I'd really like to have support coming down the line. And then inevitably that support comes.
1: Mm-hmm. That I love that. That's a very good lead in to my next question which is some of the questions that you think entrepreneurs should be asking themselves so that they can actually get to know themselves in a way that they can lean into their strengths effectively and outsource their weaknesses more effectively.
0: hundred percent. The first question is who do you want to be? And I know that that sounds probably so basic, but is the most important. Who do you want to be? because if i'm stuck doing things that i don't want to do in my business that's taking up my time, my effort, my energy and then how i relate to my team members, how i relate to my clients, how the energy behind my marketing, all of that shifts because my my whole function has been now focused on the thing that i don't want. So everything is compromised when You don't know who you want to be. And what I mean by that is, a good example is I have a declaration that I am vibrant, abundant, and filled with light. Now, that's not saying everything is sunshine, rainbows, and unicorns 100% of the time. Absolutely not. I'm a human. But when I know that's who I want to be, how I show up in these difficult situations or how I show up in these things that I don't want to do Completely shifts. It neutralizes the negative emotions and allows me to remember who I want to be in these circumstances, who I want to be in the situation, how I want to show up, who I want to be as a leader, how I want to talk to my team, all of that. And so the very first question to ask is Who do you want to be? And then that shifts to Who do you want to be? How do you want to spend your time? What do you enjoy the most? How can you have more of that? And it's really interesting because I can, it's almost as though I can hear the audience right now <laughs> and, and, and they're all thinking, okay, that's, that sounds so simple and so easy, but I have a business to run, right? I can't just hire it out and hope that the money comes. I can't just do these things. And the truth of it is that you can and it's, if it's possible for me, it's possible for you that, that is listening. And it's, it really comes down to those decisions. Because once you decide who you want to be, how you want to spend your time, where you want to put your energy, the type of leader you want to be, how you want to communicate, once you're asking yourselves those questions, the things that do not align with that fall away or support comes but it all starts with asking the questions first and then knowing where those gap areas are and then setting the intention of how to solve for that. Naturally it comes in. And I've seen this happen in my own life, in life of family and friends and colleagues and life of my clients, right? Once you decide who you want to be, everything else comes together. And it's really about having coming back to that confidence and that trust. I think the, that's the crux of this entire conversation is when you can trust that you're going to be okay and you can trust and have the confidence that everything will work out. When you choose who you want to be and you start moving in that direction, everything will fall in line behind it to perfectly align to who that is that you decided you wanted to be. So there's a series of questions, but it definitely starts with who do you want to be? How do you want to show up, Etc. Mm,
1: that's powerful. So once you're clear on who you want to be and how you want to show up, what's your formula for kind of creating a message and crafting content that actually converts and makes people see what you're trying to communicate?
0: Oh, I love this. Yes. Okay. So there is such a thing as energetic marketing. And one of the biggest hindrances I see for anyone who's trying to create content and connect with an audience and share their message is twofold. One, there's a perfectionism, right? If I don't say this in the perfect way, in the right way, then it won't get what it needs. You know what I'm saying?
1: I know exactly what you're saying.
0: Yep. So it is this, like, there's this perfectionism of I have to say it this perfect way, otherwise It's wrong and it's a waste of my time or it didn't connect with the audience, et cetera. So that's the first thing that gets in the way. The second thing, and they're both very closely connected, is that mindset is bred by this idea of algorithmic marketing. So the assumption is is that 90% of your marketing is happening in, and your message is going out on social media. So what happens is, is we're told, well, the algorithm doesn't favor links. And this algorithm wants you to do it this certain way. And you need them watch for seven seconds and they need to replay it and share it and like all these things. And so what ends up happening is we are marketing and having our message for the algorithm versus for our actual audience. And that then puts us in this this formulaic approach, algorithmic approach of I've got to do this, 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 and this perfectly for this piece of content to share my message with the world now do not get me wrong there's a strategy behind things i mentioned intuitive business strategist as my title how i see myself who i want to be Uh, but part of that is is that strategy comes second and what a lot of business owners are doing is they're putting their the strategy first and the strategy is to fit an algorithm algorithmic marketing so algorithm and in that now they're trying to force their message out and it's so constricted and energetically misaligned because you followed a formula and there's so much pressure behind it that it doesn't get any traction. Now, the flip of that is if we can go forth with our energy and we're so excited about our our message and our mission and what we're doing in the world and you show up with that kind of energy on video or even in your writing, in your photos, anything like that, Now it's not a formulaic approach. It's an energetic marketing approach. And it is worlds better to have a hundred followers who are devoted and love everything that you do because they buy your energy than a million that followed you from a formula and don't know you from anybody else that they follow because you followed a formula to get the followers and the views, but none of them are converting. And so an energetic marketing approach is really I think the first step of like, you are in business for a reason. You have a message and a mission for a reason and there's a passion behind it. And there's a drive and there's an intention and a love and an impact to help other people to provide solutions. You show up like that in your marketing people it's contagious in the best kind of way. Like people latch onto that and they love your energy. And then your products offer those solutions with your energy combined now you're off to the races and your marketing and your message are really connected, are truly congruent with who you are, with your business and with your ability to help change the world. But without the energetic marketing, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because it's for content specifically. So I offer a course called The Content Cure, which is, as I'm sure where this conversation was kind of leading from as knowing that I have one of these products. And in that, it's very much about finding what works for you as an individual, and then using small pieces of strategy to expand that, right? To get more awareness, to add a catalyst to it versus what we see a lot of like, oh, here's 152 prompts, 152 captions to add to your Instagram to get more followers. Well, whose energy is behind that? It's not mine as a business owner. It's whoever wrote those captions. And so we, Immediately, the second we look for these solid, like, this is the formulaic approach to to work around the algorithm is when we lose 90% of the audience that was there to hear our message. So that was a long way to come around and say, tap into your energy, share your passion and your excitement for your mission, and then start to add strategy of how you can optimize that versus building everything for an algorithm losing every part of your soul of who you are and in your business and wondering why it doesn't work. And then that ultimately leads us to, we don't trust ourselves because if it worked for someone else, why wouldn't it work for me? And that's just simply not the case. It worked for them because they were in their energy and their intuition. And if you can be in your energy and your intuition, things will start to come together.
1: And I see that as a recurring theme, both in business owners and a lot of the sales people that I work with there's always this there's always this process that I that I go through and conversation that I have to have where they want everything to happen now they want to automate everything now and I always have to and I always have to talk to them and I'm like if you can't get confident in the process why are you gonna be confident in the process when more of it's coming through? What it what is the point in making it happen faster right now? And if you don't have that, those energetic aspect aspects and those actual attraction aspects of putting yourself into it, then I, I don't I don't understand how people think they're gonna attract anything without it.
0: A thousand percent. And I mean, a perfect example of that is I I have clients that come to me and they say, hey. I want to be doing Facebook ads. Is that something you help out with? And I'll go, I can definitely support, support you in that and help set you up with the right people to help make that work. But are you already making at least $5,000 a month in organic sales? And they'll be like, well, well, no, well, how much are you making? Right. And these are people who are just barely coming to me. And, and so they're like, Oh, you know, like a thousand. And I'm like, okay, like if you can sell to the level organically, and have the confidence and put the processes in place and have the strategies that work for you to be making a minimum of five grand a month, that's when you can take that, you have your messaging down, you know your audience, you know what they want, you know how to solve for them, your energy's behind it. That's when ads can actually work to your benefit. But throwing the Hail Mary pass and hoping, well, if I just put mine towards ads, then clients will come, but you don't know your clients. You're not speaking their language. You're not helping them solve and answer solutions organically yet. It's just a waste of time and money.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I know that one of your organic outreach platforms or marketing platforms that you're using right now is a podcast as well. Uh, what? How has that podcast served you on this journey so far?
0: Oh, I love my podcast. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. It used to be a daily podcast. So I don't do interviews on my show. That's maybe something I might shift to in the future, but for now it's not. And so I used to do solo dailies and the level of confidence that it has given me like the first, this is almost an embarrassing number to say, but I'm all about, let's share the facts and be transparent. So probably the first 150 episodes, I had maybe 30 listeners which if you look at numbers and most podcasters, and I'm sure you're aware of this too, right? They say that um, most podcasters that start don't get past episode seven. And then those that get past episode seven, like half of them don't get past episode 14. Another half doesn't get past episode 21. But if you can get past episode, between episodes 21 and 24, the statistics go through the roof. You're a top 1% podcast, top 5% podcast, and the likelihood of you keeping your show goes for about two years. So like you could podcast for two years after you've crossed that threshold of about 21 to 24 episodes. So a lot of that comes from people doing it, and it can be a lot of work, as we know. But it can also, it's extremely rewarding. But what happens is people post it, and they go look at the numbers and go, oh, nobody's listening. It's a waste. They they allow the energy of the algorithm, quite frankly, the energy of the algorithm and the analytics to impact their ability to share their message. And in that, we also see a lot of folks that don't start or they struggle to get past those episodes because they don't like how they sound or they aren't clear in their message. They don't know how to speak to their audience, present all those types of things. And so what really is a massive benefit of my own podcast was, is that I just kept going. And it was every day And even if I didn't have something every day, I would be like, cool, cool. What's a quote, (laughs) right? I'm going to find a quote about happiness. And because at the time it was, I was a full transformational happiness mentor. Now I do the business component as well. But uh, I'd be like, cool, let's find a quote and dissect it and talk about it and share my thoughts on that. And that just really skyrocketed my confidence because I didn't have anybody listening. So what did I have to lose? And it goes back to that mindset of I've survived 100% of the days that I've lived. Like I've got nothing to really lose and everything to gain by stepping into this. And so I did that with my podcast. And like I said, it was about 150 episodes before I gained any real traction. Now, granted, I think that that's different if you do like weeklies or uh, every other weeks or even just two times a week. Daily is a lot. So my numbers ramped up very quickly in terms of 150 episodes. But, after that, traction just started coming through the roof, and I mean, I have over a hundred thousand downloads now and several hundred episodes, over five hundred actually and it was just amazing, and it's caused so much connection in the best way with my listeners and my audience and I've received clients that have listened to the show and been like, "I've listened to every episode, I'm ready, and I want to work with you and It's just been a phenomenal experience. And I I highly recommend it for the confidence of being able to speak clearly about your message, the confidence of showing up authentically as yourself and in a way being vulnerable to the world. I've had episodes where I've cried on, on the show and I don't do a lot of heavy editing on them because I want them to be real and I want them to be raw and to show that you don't have to be perfect to be able to have a show and a podcast and you don't have to be perfect to make an impact in the world and to share your message. And all of that has come together to be uh, it's one of my favorite parts of my life is my podcast and part favorite part of my business. So I, I love it. And I think it's been such a, it has been such a confidence booster and not a confidence booster because of the numbers, not a confidence booster because clients came from it. Of course, like that's all amazing and incredible things, but it's been a confidence booster for just myself to know that I can create 500 episodes. I'm not going to run out of things to talk about. That's another thing that holds everybody back. Well, what if I run out of things to talk about? You never will. And if you do just go find a quote, this is a pro tip. Go find a quote, dissect it, share your opinion on the podcast. And now you've got content. <laughs>
1: Hmm. I know that that writer's block is something that everybody deals with, including myself. So that's a, that's a pretty valuable pro tip.
0: I think it's, the thing is, is that a lot of us, we somehow in our brains, we've got it in there that people don't want to hear our opinions. And so I think one of the things that holds a lot of podcasters back as well in creating their content is not sharing your opinions on true things, right? Like, Doing an interview with someone, this is an opportunity to share your opinion, right? But it's also the the interviewees sharing their opinion primarily. And so if you have that block, find something you can share your opinion on. And it's really good practice. And it also is really good at helping you understand you and going back to that question of who do you want to be? Well, I want to be someone that has an opinion on X, Y, Z. And if you can share that on the podcast, it helps your audience relate with you. And I think that comes all back to that energetic marketing component. The more real you can be on your show and with your audience and share who you truly are, the more the energy of who you are, the essence of who you are is reaching those individuals. And they, they want to connect with you. They want to, they want to work with you. They want to work with the solutions that you're providing because they feel like they know you and they do know you because you're showing up real in your show.
1: I love that. So what, what are some of the th- some of the books and content, et cetera, that you're picking up to sharpen your skills still these days?
0: Mm, I So I am an avid reader. I do have a book club through my business. It's a paid online book club. So we have members from all over the nation. And uh, it's incredible. It's It's not like a normal book club. We we connect and share what we're learning and how we're growing and applying it. Uh, which I think is a big difference uh, in its own right. But we do that all throughout the month. And then we have a discussion at the end of the month. And like the books that we choose are voted on by the members of the club. So it's books that are on their to read list. And I've, I've been so grateful for that because there's books that we've read in the club that I don't know if I ever would have picked up before, but they came at the right time at the right moment. And the club voted them in and they were the perfect book for all of us at that time. But I would say some of my absolute favorites have been uh, "The Big Leap" by I believe it's Gay Hendricks. That's one of the books that I love to come back to and review and just sharpen my my saw to pay attention because they're very. That book is very much about the, there's the four quadrant quadrants, but the two that really matter are the your zone of excellence and your zone of genius. And working in your zone of excellence is great but it can be dissatisfying and then working in your zone of genius is like you're really in your element and everything comes together, which is another way of saying who do you want to be and where do you spend your energy? But that book has been phenomenal. I also have, I mean, I read so much. Um, we're reading Brene's Brene Brown's dare to lead right now. That's another incredible book. All of her books are amazing. Uh, I also, as I mentioned, I'm really big into habits. So the books like the power of habit, um, the 12-week the year, there's there's so many um tiny habits. Those are atomic habits. Those have all been great books that are kind of about the power of habit resetting your brain. Um, Jim Quick's Limitless is also an incredible book, very much about you can rewire your brain. And I think that's the biggest piece of all of this is even in my own journey, I was able to choose who I wanted to be and step into that. And we all have that ability and it can take looking at your habits. It can take um, knowing your zone of genius versus your zone of excellence. It can take a a rewiring of your brain, but it's all completely possible. And so a lot of the books that I read are about sharpening the skills in those areas. Also, like from a communication standpoint, I've loved crucial conversations. Like I said, reading dare to lead right now, which is very much about vulnerability and leadership roles. Um, They're all just excellent, but. We had just actually updated our our book list, so I've got about twenty extra books that I'm looking forward to reading.
1: <laughs> awesome! So, how else do you carry the weight of your crown and take care of everything that's going on underneath it to make sure that you show up as in the best way you can?
0: The big thing is habits, um, and I'm not I'm not perfect at any of it, um, but. There is this idea of for me, I've done so much research, so much research into trying to understand who I am and what I believe and how I want to show up in the world that the habits that I build in my life, the routines, the rituals, whatever we want to call them, those are the main support points that help in everything else. And again, like I said, I'm not perfect, but I know that when I am working out. I feel better. I know that, and this isn't for everybody, but I have a dairy intolerance. And so I know that when I eat dairy, it messes me up. And it's not just messes me up in my stomach. It does, but also it makes me mentally foggy. And so one of those things is knowing like, Hey, if I want to be at my best and keep things in a space where I am happiest, I don't eat dairy. And so there's components and things like that, that on a physical level, But also on an emotional level, I, I review how I'm feeling and I ask the reasons why, and I try to understand and come from a place of grace for myself. And that's, that's a habit in its own right. And it can come through journaling, come through emotional release uh, methods and techniques that I use, but ultimately it's those habits and routines, those rituals that really support everything else. And for me, that's, that is the physical, that is the mental, that is the uh, emotional, so it is the reading the books, sharpening my mental skill sets. It is the um, the emotional of like releasing those emotions. It is the physical of eating the foods that support me, working out so I feel better, stronger, etc. cetera. But the last piece is the spiritual piece. And that's the piece that I, I have found the most comfort in and also has been the hardest to come by which is this belief. And for me, it's intuition. It is this belief that I do know what's right and what works for me. And so if I can tap into that and remember and have a routine to tap into that every day, usually all the other things fall into place. And so kind of focusing in those four areas, but having routines and rituals every day to help support me in those areas is really the only way things keep up and going. <laughs> because without those, I, I know that, and I've seen it, like I've I've seen drops in my, I'm going to call it performance, right? My ability to show up, my ability to expend my energy into my marketing and be excited and to remember my mission and why I'm here and who I want to be. That's really hard if I'm bogged down because I, I had a, some cheese, <laughs> right? And it's really hard if I'm emotionally a mess and it's a tangled ball inside of me. And I haven't like, I haven't unwound that to figure out really what's going on. It's a mess if I'm not continually like expanding my brain and trying to learn and to grow, which again, falls to my purpose. It's a mess if I'm not being led by my intuition and trusting that things will work out. So having something in each of those areas has been extremely helpful to make sure that things keep up at peak performance and that I can show up and live my best life.
1: It's crazy that all the big successes and all the, big things that we're able to do really do come down to all these little things that really seem little from the outside looking in that we do every day.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it can seem so insignificant. And I fall into this trap. I'll I'll use the dairy as an example. I love cheese. I really do. And it was really hard for me to realize, wow, every time I have cheese, I'm down for the count. Like, I'm sick. I can't think. I'm foggy. My brain is just like, well... Right. And I had to analyze, pay attention. And then I realized that and was like, okay, I think if if this is important to me, I need to cut out dairy. And there are times where I'm like, oh, you know, it's it's Friday night at eight o'clock. I'll have some ice cream. <laughs> I got nothing going on. I'll just go to bed. And then I'm sick all night long. And the next morning I've slept in and I still don't feel well. And I did have things I needed to do in the morning. And it's start it's just a it's a a waterfall effect. And we don't realize those teeny tiny things can have such an impact. And even in our brain, I think I do this, I justify it. Oh, you know, I'll be fine. It's eight o'clock on a Friday. I got nothing going on. I'll have some ice cream. I'll have some dairy. Nah, it never pays off. Never. (laughs) And it's just, it's taken a lot of trial and error and it takes a lot of understanding that bigger mission and understanding who I want to be to help support those little seemingly insignificant things to be the compound effect to quote uh, Darren Hardy or Darren Bailey. I don't remember his last name, but that's another book we read. Yeah. (laughs) It's another great book about habits, the compound effect. but yeah, I think that we think these things are so insignificant that they don't matter, but they really, really do add up in the best ways.
1: Mm, They really do. So what is the best way to get involved with you and see more of you for the people listening?
0: Yeah, uh, I would love that. So taylorproctor.com is my website. That's T-A-Y-L-O-R-P-R-O-C-T-O-R. And there has um, access to all sorts of ways to connect uh, products and services that I offer, as well as like links to the podcast. Podcast is Creating with confidence. And that can be found on most major, um, I'm going to say all, there's like 11 major podcast listening platforms and we're on all of them. So that's good. And those are all ways to connect. But uh, I would say the number one way is I do have a, a giveaway, I guess you could say. So if you go to eight crazy things and it's the number eight, so eight crazy things dot taylor that is a form and if you fill out that form then i'm in your inbox and so that's a great way to have direct communication with me and to kind of experience more of my energy and in that in your inbox it'll be an eight video series about the eight crazy things that i did to generate an eight figure business opportunity in a two week time frame which sounds crazy <laughs> like so crazy uh, i had this idea that I could be an eight figure business owner an eight figure entrepreneur. And within two weeks, I did a whole bunch of series, a whole series of actions, very much intuition led. And at the end of two weeks, I was given this opportunity where literally it was percent in the company that was going to be being sold. And I mean, they're still going to be sold. So the equity still exists, but, uh, that equity would result in a $10 million opportunity. And so like all of a sudden in two weeks of doing these things, being completely intuitive led just dropped in my lap. And so I share that story and the eight crazy actions that I took to be able to do that. And that's a free resource for anybody who's interested and a great way to, uh, again, experience a little bit more of me, my energy, and maybe experience a few ways and learn a couple of ways how I might be able to support you in your journeys.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time today, Taylor.
0: Thank you, Trey. This was awesome. Um, Always a pleasure, and I've loved being on the show. Thanks again for tuning in for another episode. Make sure that you subscribe to the show so you're never left out in the snow. Do you want to build a business or get more customers online? Are you tired of spending all your time shackled to your business? Tired of being treated like the court jester? Not anymore. You can get a care package from Trey today for just a buck that will help you beat shiny object syndrome with Trey's favorite tool list. Build your online authority and network with your own podcast and by being interviewed on other podcasts. Systemize your business with Trey's seven pillar system. Hire a VA to get your time back and so much more. You heard me right. All of that for less than the last Starbucks you got. Go to TreyCarmichael.us and get yours while it's hot. Check the couch for that dollar if you gotta.